There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. All of my toys are coming back to AEW. There's an Eddie Kingston. There's a Takeshita. There's a Kenny Omega. There's a Will Ospreay. On top of that... There's a Zack Sabre Jr., (laughs) orange bollocks. But I I mean, in this segment, there's a Kenny Omega. There are some young bugs. There's a Hangman Page. There's a John Moxley. This was like all of your toys. Oh, yeah. All together at once. And you were like, as your booker as a 10 year old kid being like i'm gonna book the best goddamn ending to a wrestling show you've ever seen and there's me going where's that cm punk (laughs) i had uh hello welcome to the 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 aw dynamite (laughs) review podcast on the rest talk podcast channel if you haven't already please press the thumbs up button give us a subscribe leave us a comment down below with what you thought of aew dynamite and send in those Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. I'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen DAD. And we're starting with this main event match, which was the Hung Bucks, Hangman Page and the Young Bucks in their first ever trio's appearance in AEW. Which is mad when you think about it, really, because, you know, I know like Page and the Bucks sort of split up in uh-huh. during the pandemic. So, but there was a <laughs> six month eight month period where dynamite was on tv and the elite were all together that we just did not get this trios and like also on this episode apparently it was the first time ever chris jericho and sting faced off in a ring do you know what what, what, how are all these things not have happened before english i uh i thought about that jericho sting one because jericho did an interview like two days ago where he's like i've got no interest in wrestling sting (laughs) thought to myself he's definitely wrestling sting at a show soon yeah so when like darby was in the room i was like and eh, this is where we set up the sting mm. match i guess this main event however was absolutely fantastic it was the hung bucks against uh claudio castagnoli john moxley wheeler Utah, with brian danielson on commentary who is just such a consistent delight 
I, you know, always love William Regal on commentary in these Blackpool Combat Club matches of old. But I think what Danielson adds is just more storytelling. I loved Regal. I loved how he would get over the moves. But my God, Danielson is an incredible color commentator. He's so good at it. And like in this, there's a moment when uh, Wheelie Utah was getting pinned and he kicks out. And Taz goes, strong kick out there by Utah. And Danielson pauses and goes, I'd have liked a stronger kick out, if I'm being <laughs> honest. So the match is absolutely insane. It is just move after move after move after move. And all the moves are the best moves you've ever seen. And they're by the best wrestlers you've ever seen. I thought the eight-man tag earlier was fun and chaotic. This was just in massive overdrive of that. I, I was just writing up my notes for this. And my first note was, yeah, this rules. Mm -hmm. And then my next note was, it's all action and it all rules. Yeah. And then my, my next note is BTE trigger into Buckshot Lariat, <laughs> Hangman Page wins. It, it's one of those matches, we, we've had these on the, the show uh, over our you know, six-year history mm. that we've been doing this together, where you just can't take your eyes off the screen. Like, you could just write down every move that happens in your notes, but it's a fruitless endeavor because we're not going to sit here and recount every single move that happens. So you can't take your eyes off the screen, so you're just enjoying mm. what's happening. Yeah. Well, something else happened in this match in real life to me. I just remembered this as you were saying, I can't remember how I blocked this out. Um, so I'm watching the, the final bits of Dynamite. I've got like five minutes left. And my cat, which I've had for eight months, mm -hmm. comes down the stairs. Beautiful cat. Beautiful cat, the prettiest cat you've ever seen. Yeah, but it is uh, factually second to my kid uh, in the poll we did around yeah, the office. Yeah, yeah, in the poll, in the poll. <laughs> we did a poll of, what is cuter, Ollie's cat or my kid? And my, my kid yeah. won unanimously. Well, you know, people voted for the Nazis and buy Coldplay for them. <laughs> Can't trust people. <laughs> so the cat comes in and it's looking at me and it's got this, uh, one of the feather toys we've got and it's got it in its mouth. I'm like, oh, that's really cute. And then the feather moves. <laughs> and it's a bird. It's a bird that it's ki killed and brought into the house. And this is the first time it's ever happened. Mm. And Did it look at you with a real proud look? On oh, yeah, it was like, meow, meow. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, Shower thank with you, <laughs> Kiki. Because she, she thinks it's a good thing. Of course she does. Yeah. So then I'm like. So this is what they're bred to do. I pause dynamite and I'm like, how to dispose of a dead bird? <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you, you want to get a glove, got a garden glove, yeah. got, a, got a plastic bag. So I'm going to like pick her up put the plastic bag over it into a big bin bag straight in gut like normal waste apparently yeah. you're allowed to do that have you not got like compost it said put it in the general waste hmm. bin on the on my on the council website <laughs> uh, when you're disposing of dead animals oh i need to, i need to cause I've, I've also got a dead bird story hilariously from two oh. days ago and i put mine in oh my bin. god we've yeah we've got <laughs> we've got two dead bird stories then tis the season after all <laughs> well, one bird well one stone <laughs> So I go to pick up the bird, and the bird's not dead. And the bird just starts flying around everywhere. <gasps> no! In the house. No! Spewing blood. <gasps> no! <laughs> it's like a John Moxley match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. But still, that selling isn't as good <laughs> as, as what was in the match. And this is it's actually genuinely traumatic. It is. And it really, like, uh, because, because then... Uh, Kiki, my cat, jumped up. It flew into a door, knocked itself down, tried to fly back up, and Kiki just like 
launched itself across the room. <laughs> and the bird starts screaming. Oh, and, and it's just screaming and it's on the ground fluttering. No. You know, like that. And it's and there's there's blood all over the door <laughs> where it it went into and I'm just I've got to kill the bird. <laughs> the cat's not gonna finish it off. <laughs> the cat can't finish the job. The cat doesn't the cat won't kill it. And I was it was about half an hour of me just looking at this this bird and and trying to manoeuvre it, like poke poke it into the garden so I could <laughs> smash its head in with a shovel. Oh, God. Uh, and and then uh, then it flew again. <laughs> <laughs> it flew again. It went onto the work surface. Kiki attacked it again. It smashed three glasses on the kitchen work surface. What? And I just in, in this moment I had closed enough doors for to kind. I just ran out the house <laughs> into the garden, and the bird followed me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it just flew away uh, in in spurts. Yeah. <clears throat> And Kiki's just walking around like, meow, meow, meow. <laughs> what a fun time that was, hey? That bird's got quite a story to tell its <sighs> mates when it gets home. It, no, Luke, it's going to die a slow <laughs> and painful death. But yeah, um, so I tell this story because that happened and I've never killed anything before and I spent a long time psyching myself up to kill another thing. Mm. And that was, that was all done and I, it flew away, thank God. And I sat down, pressed play, and I loved the yeah. last... <laughs> Three minutes of this. <laughs> like, even though all that stuff happened, yeah. I'm like, oh, my heart's pumping. I'm like, I'm, I can't write my script after this. I can't even eat. And then Eddie Kingston's music <laughs> hit to make the save for Hangman Pet. Well, not really the save. He just wanted to deck Claudio, I think. And I just forgot about everything. Yeah. That's the power of how good this final angle was. This was i so I, I only saw half of the show uh this morning before i came into work um because i woke up half an hour late uh, which meant I, got, I watched the first hour of it and i had to take the kid to nursery is he killing birds <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was there, there with a the shovel be like where are they <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i take the kid to nursery and by the time i got back i was like i have to get the train into work so came on the train to work just like did not look at twitter mm. just put my audio book on and i stared directly ahead um check some stats and stuff and then, oh you know, yeah as, as you as you do uh got the tube in again just listen to my audiobook and i'm just sort of like keeping dead ahead got into the office and i i wanted to just let everyone know i have not seen dynamite yet spoiler free i want to be spoiler free i just had this thing in my head i think there's going to be a big thing on the show mm. Why? Um, i don't know well it's because i, I loved the opening match great opening the match. the cole mjf mm. match with the time limit draw and then I, the, the eight-man tag was so much fun. I just had this feeling in my bones of like... The gun club are going to come out. Yeah! There's going to be a big thing at the end of this show that is either going to be this, or it's the gun club joining <laughs> Bullet Club. So I was like, it's, it's one of two ways, and I don't know. And I nearly even said, I'm going to go film live reactions to oh, this. Wow. We can do that. I've just got this thing in my head that it could be. Mm. And I got in and Pete was like, hey, how's it going? I was like, shut up, Pete. <laughs> I was like, I haven't seen Dynamite. And he goes, I'll, I won't say anything. That just fueled me even more. Anytime anyone walks into the room, I haven't seen Dynamite yet. I'm watching it like on the screen and stuff. And I had this whole thing in my head. Ibushi. 
Ibushi. Yes. Ibushi. Particularly when Omega ran down. Last time you heard of him, he wasn't in Canada. Yes. Well, that's it. So, like, I'm... Uh, so, the Young Bucks, well, the Hung Bucks win the match, and then they're doing the attack afterwards and stuff. And that's when I was like, it's Omega's coming down, or this is where you do the Ibushi uh, moment. Mm. So, those are the two things that are running through my head. Eddie Kingston's music hits, and were you in the room when this happened? Yeah. I just froze. And my mouth just flew open. I went, and then Eddie Kingston walked out, and I I screamed a, a genuine guttural scream of yes when he it. walked that out. Was it. it was louder. Yeah, I, I, I was so excited. Eddie was something I did not see coming, no. and I was thrilled by it. And then I got even more excited. I was like, he's not even here to save them. He just wants to fight. <laughs> he wants to save his boy Mox because mm. he's fighting off. Because I was like, who does he hate in this world? He hates Claudio. Do you know who he hates more than Claudio? Apart from CM Punk. Danielson. Mm -hmm. Do you know who he loves? Moxley. So now he wants to come around and be like, John, what are you doing? Yeah. These guys are dickheads. I've been telling you this for years. Why are you hanging out with them? He's got a new story with, with like the Blackpool Combat Club that's separate from what mm -hmm. the Elite are doing. And then Takeshita runs down and he gets his nuclear heat. And then Omega runs down with the same. And I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. And then like from out of nowhere... Will Ospreay jumps in and he super kicks uh, and I was like I, I can't even compute so much I'm, I'm still trying to compute the Eddie Kingston thing yeah, yeah. and here's Will Ospreay standing tall and there's Don Callis applauding Will Ospreay doing it and I was like is that the family? Mm. Is this the new I, this was so so great it was full on wasn't yeah it? so Eddie Kingston comes out uh, let's try and unpack this very complex but admirably also very simple man uh, that sounded Nasty. I meant like symbol as in he's just fueled by very consistent rage. Mm. So he comes, you think he comes down because he wants to get Moxley out of this club? Because well, yeah. I, I took it as, well, he's not saving Hangman Page. No. He's not saving the Bucks. It did just look like he'd finally had enough, like a year after it happened, of Claudio being around. Well, they did all their feud in Ring of Honor as well oh, over yes. the, the, the yeah. Ring of Honor world title. So mm. I think some of it stems from that. But when, like, so he goes there and attacks Claudia. So it could just be this is them <coughs> setting up the next angle for Ring of Honor because um, they've got Supercard. Is it Supercard of Honor? That'd be such a shame because I, I want yes. Eddie on the Dynamite. main roster. That, that's what yeah. I would like as well. And it was the Mox thing that made me think that this is a main roster thing because he's attacking Claudio and then the Young Bucks are like, hey, brilliant, we're going to beat up Mox now. And then Eddie goes like, no, nah, not him. <laughs> and, he, and he stops like Matt and Nick doing it. And Matt's like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah, yeah not Mox. Yeah, yeah. You, don't, you don't hit him. And he then goes like face to face with Mox. And it is like the look in his eyes being like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, this is not who you are. You, I know, I know the real John Moxley and this ain't you. It is interesting, isn't it? Because Kingston was teaming with Babyface Blackpool Combat Club this time last year yeah. against the JAS. Uh, just to mention it as well. Moxley and Hangman Page going at each other at the start of this match was just... I didn't forget, but I i did somewhat forget the intensity that those two had in their feud. Uh, but yeah, of course, uh, Omega, Takeshita and Osprey, that all makes sense in terms mm -hmm. of why they're feuding. But yeah, really exciting stuff. Such a hot end to the show. Very hot crowd as well. A really Great Washington things. crowd. Uh, you build that Osprey-Omega match, which is... You know, potentially the main event of Full Forbidden Door, not Full Gear Didn't Door. <laughs> I, I think it'll be Omega, uh, Akada, 
Mm. Danielson will be the main event. Yeah. Well, they're both worthy. I just, I really, really hope. Oh, maybe you're right. I re- it could be either. Really. Yeah. I really, really hope they do something with Kingston on Collision or next week on Dynamite. Because I feel like the guns angle last week, and Dynamite do do this a lot. Whereas WWE immediately follow up on stuff, sometimes to their detriment. AW the complete opposite. And I want Kingston to continue this momentum. So uh, do you think this is, and, and I'm not saying this is what you're completely saying, I'm, I'm, mm. I'm asking you, because you mentioned the guns. Do you think this is a response to the guns thing from last week? You remember like they did that Dark Order angle right in the oh, yeah. early days of, of, of Dynamite and that yeah. Dark Order, and it got over like a wet fart. And then like two weeks later, because they had the, the Christmas break, basically, mm. Tony Khan was like, I'm taking 100% of the book now. And he just booked like these like beast level shows. Yeah. Do you wonder if like this, like this whole chaotic ending here was almost a response because last week's ending didn't go down great? No, I, uh, well, I think last week's ending, it, 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 it didn't not go down great. You know, it was, mm. it was just an, an average ending. Like no, apart from uh, Tempest, no one was really, really down on it, and I, I was quite excited for them being together. I think this all happened here because they're two weeks out from Forbidden Door, mm-hmm. yeah, and they were just like, "Well, we've got a bunch of people in town. We haven't had like Sonadas or Tanahashi's or Okadas, so." Yeah. This was a everyone. yeah, you're right. Sorry, I didn't agree with that. There's a lot of like spinning plates here because this was spinning the elite Blackpool Combat mm. Club feud. This was spinning the Omega and Don Callis feud with Takeshita. This was uh, starting perhaps this Eddie Kingston Blackpool Combat Club Moxley <sighs> yeah. thing, as well as spinning the Omega Osprey match that's going to be happening at Forbidden Door in a couple of weeks' time. Yeah, very well worked. And you had Danielson at the top of the ramp. Or he was he was annoyed the Blackpool Combat Club lost clean. There was no chicanery or anything. It was proper losing clean. They were even saying on commentary, it's been over a year since Blackpool Combat mm. Club have lost when teaming with Moxley. Mm. And it was you two got the, uh, who took the pin. Um, but when Osprey was beating the crap out of Omega... Oh my God, Danielson's grin was so funny. He just, he was like, I'm going to have to stand up and give that man a round of applause. <laughs> and he applauds. And yeah, I think Callis <laughs> applauding what Osprey was doing as well. I think we're going to see a, an angle there at Forbidden Door. Like, mm. I think Callis gets involved yeah. with Forbidden Door. I think Takesh is probably getting involved in some capacity. Maybe that's how Kenny's going to lose the belt and mm. Osprey gets it back. Because I, I would imagine Osprey's getting the belt back. I'd I'd hold off that until all in. That's my big, you know, do the third one at all in. Mm, but Osprey kind of has to win this. Maybe you do the draw. So do maybe draw. it doesn't main event. Yeah. I don't know. There's so many ways you could go. But yeah, this. I think I think Callis applauding is, is very interesting. But this mm. was just it was an amazingly chaotic uh ending to the show. And the, the the feedback that I've seen like online and stuff, and I was kind of looking at how people were reacting to the show, a lot of people were drawing comparisons to, you know, that summer autumn period of twenty twenty one when you know it was like every episode of dynamite was this banger mm. and you know like the ending of all out and then you know that suzuki and danielson on the rampage yeah. buy-in and all this sort of stuff and people like this is i guess i think aew has felt cold mm. like and cold is a, is a harsh word but they had that you know a very down period after brawl out last year where it felt like actually i mean not even before that because they had all the injuries at the start of the year and then, for, which kind of hampered Forbidden Door somewhat. Then CM Punk was out, and then we had Brawl yeah. out. And then like, there was that full game moment where I was like, ah, this company's back. And, it, and I think it has been there, but it's like, 
it's not at the levels that it once was. And I think that's reflective in some of its ticket sales as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. But this was one I, of the... I've, I've been saying this for, for a while. But, it, but, I, but again, because I, I, I made this point earlier, they're not bad ticket no, sales. No. Tickets, I mean, apart from that Hamilton show, mm. um, which has sold like 900 tickets. And Regina. <laughs> that teenage witch, Sabrina. <laughs> um, they're still like really good ticket sales. They're just not at the level that they were previously. Mm. And I, this is an episode of Dynamite and an ending of Dynamite that I was like, you can ride this wave of momentum mm. and try and make this feel like a hot company again. In my review, I gave it 94%, which makes it a top five ever dynamite not sorry not ever but since the start of 2022 when i started tracking overall rankings for for me personally mm. uh i think that's how good this show was and i hope people can go back and watch like the last six months or even a year of shows those people who were like oh my god this is an all-timer episode compare that episode that you thought was an all-timer episode to this episode and you'll be like oh Oh right, no, no, no. There, there was a whole other tier. I wasn't rank. I wasn't ranking things low the last year. I was, I was ranking them appropriately because I knew AEW's heights they can reach, and this is right at the tippity top. The whole show, this angle, phenomenal, phenomenal episode. Do you want me to rename the stream to Ollie was right all along? Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I mean, hilariously, before we were the stream was going live, there are a few people who hadn't seen your edited review yet and were asking, like, what score you gave it. And everyone was trying to be like, yeah, I gave it 71. <laughs> <laughs> people were going, he did what? I've, I, there are very few episodes I've given under 80%. And everyone's always like, this guy hates it. Yeah, hates it. 74%. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally, for most people, are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, let's see what you all thought, though, on the Omega Chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars that you send in there. Well, Campbell says, hi, guys, this episode ruled. Opener was insane, and Max is proven again that he's one of the best on the planet, and AC killed it too. Also, I am hyped to see Eddie back. He's one of, if not my favorite wrestler in the company. Now push him after blood and guts, Tony Khan. Yeah, that's if he's on uh, the side with the elite. Man, like, yeah, weird seeing Kingston, like, teaming with the elite for, for blood and guts. Yeah. Um, but I don't hate it either. Uh, yeah, and just, a, well, the Adam Cole killed it, not, like, an AC unit. Yes. Just, just a... Uh, Although uh, it is hot today, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, Redman2490. What match do you want to see more? Eddie versus Mox or Eddie versus Danielson? I mean, any match with Danielson is mm. probably the one I want to pick, but the the drama and character you can get out of Eddie and Moxley. We've seen Eddie Mox. Yeah, it was the title match at yeah. Full Gear. And it was great. But that was, you know, back in the pandemic era. Mm. So maybe now, different people. I would like to see Eddie and Danielson more. Um, Dante Kennedy, Menberg for two months in a row. I'm Thank glad, you very much. And I'm glad you're here, Dante, because I was trying to find this mm. um, because this really, really made me laugh. So I'm glad you've got it here as an ultra chat. I must correct you, sirs. They aren't hungbucks. They are the elite, formerly known as sexually suggestive and anatomically incorrect team name. That was what their lower third says. Was it really? Yeah, so only the little thing where they have the joke. He said, like, formerly known as... Uh, yeah, formerly known as a sexually, se- sexually suggestive and anatomically incorrect team name. Which means they've got small little willies. Micro penises. Tiny, tiny dicks. Which does make you less of a man. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. I'm playing into that toxic masculinity. Uh, Landon C. Trio's match to end this show. Shots fired to collision. Kingston could have been convinced to come back as a middle finger to Punk. I don't think so. But that's act. I hadn't thought about that because the idea of brand supremacy is just is so so non-existent when it comes to WWE. But I feel like the, there's such a pride and creative freedom in the work rate in AEW that maybe it could actually push dynamite and collisions specific stars to really really go at each other possibly i mean i don't think kingston need, didn't need to be convinced to come back he was employed uh, by the company it's, <laughs> it's, it's not like he decided he was leaving in storyline mm. he quit and went to ring of honor but but has come back so it's not like a he actually walked out on the company situation but uh kenny did a promo after the show then if you've seen this mm. Uh, where he was talking about like all the great stuff that AEW got coming up. We've got Dynamite, we've got Rampage, we've got Forbidden Door. Fight forever. We've even got this brand new show called Collision and a CM Punk chant broke out and then that was shut down by boos. Mm. And so it was like this dueling boo and, and CM Punk chant going on. And Kenny Mega was like, well, that's the great thing about AEW. If you want to see us fight the best, if you want to see, uh, see us people hate who hate us fight us and you want to see people that we hate fighting yeah, we hate the people that we fight sorry we fight the people that we hate just watch our shows you get to watch every show and you get to see the best wrestlers on the planet uh-huh. and it was a case of it didn't feel like it was shots fired at a collision more of like a hey you should check out collision because that show is going to be really good too mm. or have they all just settled their beefs 
And we're going to be building up to it. Probably not, but... Survivor Series. <gasps> Brand Survivor Collision yeah. versus Team Kenny versus Team Punk. So I I made a joke about this in the the, the news yesterday mm-hmm. over on the Rest Talk News channel, which was that, uh, you know, they don't really know what this brand split is. There really isn't a brand split either or a roster split. I don't think Tony Khan knows what it is or what, what he's actually doing with this brand split. I think he's just hoping it'll all smooth itself over. I think the same thing, mm-hmm. because... He what he effectively was saying was that yeah I mean there'll be like Miro Andrade and Punk are going to be sort of like this collective roster of stars but they are not unique to Collision they will also be on Dynamite but if they're on Dynamite then the people who are usually on Dynamite will be on Collision that mm-hmm. week and hey if you're a wrestling fan you might not know which roster you're going to see on a show which I don't think is a great selling point if no, you're trying to sell no. tickets to, to things um, but I think Dave Meltzer summed it up best in the Wrestling Observer newsletter, where it's like, the brand split's changing day to day, and it will probably still be changing up until the actual show itself. And it will probably change once, uh, whether or not Collision's a a success. Because that's what, if Collision is this huge success, then turning around, brilliant, let's do a brand split. But if it's not, if it's this colossal failure, you'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, let's sack that off. Let's put a Danielson over there. Yeah, you now now just all need to get on the same page, if you can do Well, let's uh, keep sending in those chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Let's get into the full play-by-play, which started off with a pay-per-view caliber, a premium live event caliber match of MJF versus Adam Cole in a world championship eliminator. Meaning if Cole wins, he gets a future shot at the world title, which makes me think, huh, Cole must be winning to get that shot after Forbidden Door. Which is funny, because it was making me think, well, how is MGF going to win here? Because it's Forbidden Door coming mm. up, and it's not going to be Cole MJF, or how they're going to get to it so that it's a, it'll do a fatal four-way or, or something along those lines. So we'll just go through a few spots in the match before we get to the finish, the finish of which was just incredibly well thought out and executed. Um, a lot of... Uh, Shawn Michaels stuff from MJF. Of course, Michaels was Adam Cole's tutor. That wasn't that like that was set up in canon. MJF referenced that in last week's promo. I, I don't love it when they do references that aren't more explicitly set up. So this Max is very good at making things clear, so everyone gets it, even if they're a new viewer. You know, he's tuning up the band. Mm-hmm. He uh, he does the Shawn Michaels taunt, and he even hits. Very weird for Max. A top rope elbow, top rope flying elbow to the outside through a table. Yeah, really, really cool spot. And then mm. rolls back in the ring, tells the referee <laughs> to start the counter to get this win because Max is desperate here to not have to defend this belt against Cole. There's only two things I would have changed in this match. And one of them was not doing that spot. As great as it was, it's a huge babyface spot. Mm. And I think Cole needs babyface spots at the moment for people to cheer him. Okay, that, that's interesting. Not that they're not cheering him, but I think, you know, he's he's in this sort of uh, rehabbing phase mm-hmm. after coming back. And MJF does not need to be cheered more because yeah. it's so easy to accidentally start cheering him. Even when he knocks off fans' hats. That was brilliant. <laughs> he walks into the crowd, <laughs> walks up to this guy who's wearing a baseball cap and just knocks his mm. baseball cap off his head. Um, that also, right at the opening of this match, by the way, uh, it was sort of Edgar Wrightian in how it just 
set up the whole store, the whole 30 minutes of the next of the of TV mm. that they're about to have in just the first 30 seconds where MJF reverses something, does a strut, he reverses a second thing, does another taunt, and then he goes to be cocky again, but Adam Cole goes for the super kick, and Max just falls down. He's like, he's really scared. And it's just that that real vulnerable, scared layer mm-hmm. underneath Max's character, beneath all the bravado. I was just like, that it, he's such a good performer. Uh, for me, when I was watching this match, uh, I've had this thing for the last few weeks or so now because mm-hmm. uh, we watched uh in the office we you know, we watched a bit of wrestling every you know on our lunch breaks and stuff and we watched cole and ricochet mm-hmm. for the north american championship and scrolling through twitter over the weekend and someone was showing clips of cole and matt riddle and i was just sort of reminded of, of nxt adam cole which sort yeah. of reminded yeah. me of ring of honor adam cole and i and i had this in a moment I was like oh, i feel like i haven't seen yeah. that adam cole for a while it's not like he's had bad matches in AEW. Far from it. The, the Jericho match was, was was a misstep. And obviously he was off for a long period mm-hmm. of time with the injury and everything. But even when he was there, I loved the Orange Cassidy match, particularly the last one. That oh, that did. final match was the great. The final match was great. But I'm, I'm sitting there being like, oh, I haven't had that Adam Cole match yet. And that Adam Cole performance. And I was watching this and I had this like, here it is. Mm. This is the Adam Cole performance that I've been sort of craving for a while now because i don't even think we had this during the hangman no 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 no. so i was like i was so into because i love adam cole and i thought he was superb in this match and like mjf was perfectly placed to get that Mm. incredible performance back out of adam cole i'm not fully there yet i i know he's definitely showing glimpses uh and i'm hoping the more yeah the more matches he has he can get back to like prime adam cole yeah i'm not saying He's oh he's as great as he was five years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm saying this was like the first time in a while when we're like, there it is. Like that's that's the spark. Well, one of the main sparks is in this excellent finish. So ref bump because you know the ref was counting a earful and then got up, moved to exactly where the perth. Anyway, it's wrestling. So Bryce is it was Bryce. Wasn't it was it? Bryce. Bryce is down and M Jeff is like right, runs out gleeful look on his face runs out gets the title belt runs back in and he's going to use it on adam cole but sees that bryce is about to stand up <gasps> easy win here i can get him dq'd chucks the belt to, to cole lays down in the eddie guerrero i'm framing you spot bryce stands up he's about to turn around but he falls over again <laughs> and there's this just incredible moment of irony where Max is looking at Bryce and then he looks up at Adam Cole, who's now got the world <laughs> championship belt. Adam Cole looks at the championship belt and the crowd are going nuts. Very similar to the four way. When yeah. Jungle Boy had the belt, I think he was going to use it on Derby. And then Jungle Boy's like, boo, Cole. Because even though he's a baby face, what he's I really admire still about Adam him, Cole. he's a smart, tweener baby face like as we saw when he outwitted jericho in the fool's count well the band from the mm. arena match and cole just clobbers max with it but bryce still still weary it's a slow count yeah he lowers the booms the slow count max kicks out oh, of it what, a, what an angle what a spot so so good and then and this is what so 
Remsburg hurt his eye in the in the ref uh-huh. spot. And so he's then he's sort of selling the eye and they're like, now and the referee can't see what's going on now. So Max goes and he gets the dynamite ring. And the commentary are like, oh, here we go again. Look at Max with the with the dynamite ring. And Adam Cole's talking with Remsburg. And Max stands up and he goes to hit Cole. Remsburg, even with only one eye, goes, no. <laughs> and a- stops him because he's a smart ref and he knows that that's exactly what MJF's going to do because it's what he always does. It was it was Matrix level. It's like Bryce is looking this way and he goes, <laughs> and catches the diamond ring in his hand. Uh, but yeah, that allowed Cole to hit Panama Sunrise. Boom. One, two, ding, ding, ding. Time limit expired. Time limit expired. 30 minutes. What I loved about this is that they didn't do the the Justin Roberts. There are ten minutes remaining of this mm. match, and I think that's what caught everyone off guard because they you, when you do time limits, it's kind of it, it's it's hard to do to not telegraph it. Well, you just do it in every match. Well, exactly. That's you the don't problem. Do it, you don't only do it for the matches you're going to do a time. That, that's the problem, right? Yeah. Like I always go back to that Osprey Pack match mm. in in Rev Pro, where it's the only match where they've just announced like there are 20 minutes remaining, and the crowd went, oh, "Okay, so it's a time limit draw we're going <laughs> to then." Um, and here they just they just rang the bell, and the crowd didn't know what was going on. And Excalibur just turns to Tony Schiavone and be like, "Oh, look at the time." Mm. And because t- Tony Schiavone was so into the match, he didn't clock how long the ma- I didn't clock how long the match had been going on yeah. for either. The crowd hadn't, and then they announced the time limit has expired. This match is a draw. Boos and heat from the crowd because they and it wasn't like boo. That's a bad finish. It was boo. We didn't get to mm. see the finish. I thought it was masterful booking. Yeah. I mean, me personally, I would I would make. Yeah, oh, it apparently, up. they did do it. They did do the time calls. Yeah, apparently Robert said there were 10 minutes remaining. I didn't hear that. I did, I'm, Well, must have been so wrapped up in the match. Well, if that's the case, uh, I take it back. I stand corrected, like the man in orthopedic shoes. Uh, but ju- what what a finish in that I really, you know, I was excited to see Cole versus Max. I thought last week's promo segment was brilliant. But I was like, well, how are you going to make me want to see the match again after doing the match? Mm. It's, it's a tricky thing to do in AEW. It's not like WWE where they just put it on regardless. And this was a fresh, innovative way to make me want to see it, to get past Forbidden Door. Yeah, I'm, and I'm really into Adam Cole's chase all of a sudden. This this achieved everything it set out to do and more. Yeah, and Cole grabs the microphone, mm. and, you know, shades of revolution. Yeah, and he yeah. asks for five more minutes. Yeah. And Max stands up and he's like, yeah. And he just gets down and slinks out there and he's like, nah, not doing why that. Why would he? Why, why would he? And that's exactly what Taz was saying on commentary. He was like, yeah. doesn't need to. He didn't need to beat Adam Cole in this. <clears throat> Adam Cole needed to beat him. <clears throat> MJF just needed to not lose. And he didn't lose. Uh, next up, we had CM Punk. Not out in front of the arena that's being saved for collision in chicago but a video package which was weird it was weird seeing him yeah and he spoke he said he said lines like i ain't going anywhere i think that was a clip of his from the the first uh, mm. promo he did uh, only thing that's certain is nothing certain with CM Punk. I'm coming back because I've got scores to settle i don't know what i'm going to do or say until i've got the mic I've got a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Which was the first line of? The pipe bomb. Yeah. Well, I think um, the first line was, as you're sitting there, (laughs) hopefully as uncomfortable as you can possibly be. Yeah. 
so that 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 implies pipe bomb level honesty. That's what I would think as well. So we're doing live reactions to mm. Collision uh, this coming Saturday. Myself and Ollie Davis will be watching Collision live. So do come and join us as we're watching this. And we booked that a little while back. Like when they announced it, we were like, let's, let's do live reactions. It's going to be the big punk return. Yeah. He'll do a promo. And I think, it's, I think we should definitely be doing some live reactions to this. And then they announced it as a six man. And in the week, last year, I was like, oh, I've made an error. <laughs> I've made such an error. We shouldn't be doing live reactions. I'm actually just creating toil problems for ourselves because now we're going to take time off on different days because it will just be the six-man tag and and you know and it's nothing's nothing big is going to happen the modern roar after mania yeah and then we got this moment here where it was like i'm going to do a promo and i was like phew okay good <laughs> i made the right decision i mean i'd be surprised if he if he's doing a proper pipe bomb he has to reference brawl out he has to reference the elite i just can't see that happening though I, but he's a master at this he'll be in chicago i'm sure they'll find a way to make it work and it'd be very exciting and compelling but currently right now from from thursday's vantage point i have no idea how and that, the thing i'm so interested in as well because ftr later had a promo they had a promo from ftr and bullet club mm. gold where ftr said you know cm punk is the best wrestler on the planet and it, you know, they are super uber babyface at the moment. FTR yeah. teaming with CM Punk at this show, and I was thinking to myself, I was like maybe this will be when CM Punk turns heel, not on turns heel, but turns heel on AEW to be like, I don't need to be here, but I'm mm. stuck here. I'm under contract, and I'm forced to come out and do these shows or something like this. I, you know, because of what happened last year, it made mm. tie it into a character thing. But I was like, but are you turning FTR heel in that process because of his their association with him? And I, but I don't know because I, I, I feel like you're not turning FTR at this point. Well, FTR did say that CM Punk is their best friend. They, they said those direct words, which probably means FTR are turning heel on CM Punk. <laughs> you don't say that unless you're turning, Jungle Boy. Uh, someone here thinks that it's, uh, CM Punk is going to make uh, is going to name drop Ollie Davis on live TV. <laughs> if he does that, it won't be complimentary. And it, <laughs> And it'll break my heart, and I'll I'll leave the stream, <laughs> and I'll assess my life choices. After that, we had Sammy Guevara coming down. He's a babyface now, <laughs> didn't you know? Speaking of this company telling you someone's a babyface, oh Sammy Guevara. Sammy Guevara comes out. He's gonna be a dad, and then Renee Paquette's being like, "You're gonna be a dad." And on commentary, they're like, he's, he's going to be a dad to a baby girl. And Sammy's like, hey, if you didn't hear, it's going to be a baby girl. He's the first person ever to have a kid in <laughs> AEW. And what I loved is Sammy then took the mic and said, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my baby daughter in one arm. And the crowd were like, that's nice. Yeah, because we, we, we're, we're genuinely happy for the human of Sammy Guevara that that's happening. And then he goes, and the world title in the other. <laughs> and they went, Boo! <laughs> No, we don't like you. I'm not sure that's what happened. I think it is not as overtly boo as it you know had been when I he was a heel. I think well, what I think we are getting is mixed reactions. I think we are getting some people who are just like, look, he's a baby face now. Let's cheer him. And other people are like, I don't think I want it because what they got was, like, yeah, he's going to be a dad. But then we're like, I don't want to see him be championed though. Yeah. So, but it wasn't a, it wasn't boo like, boo, I hate that idea. It was like, I don't want to see that. I don't think you outwardly boo that idea and then darby comes down and it's just there's 
I liked this whole show. This is probably the weakest thing on it for me uh, because Darby, who is traditionally counter-authority, anti-authority, he goes out there and, and says what felt like one of those tone-deaf WWE pre-scripted lines. These people are starting to love you. Like, I, I don't feel like they are, Darby. Yeah. You're just saying that because the company have told you to get over this guy. That's not what you want for Darby. No. I, I really... I get that they they want Sammy to be a baby face, but they've tried it a bunch of times over the last 18 months and none of them have stuck. He's far better at being a heel. The people want to naturally boo him. Let him be a heel for a while and to, and don't do another JAS split, which seems like we're getting. Yeah, I'm, I'm not... I love Sammy as a performer, but this is... Uh, this morality switch is not working for me in the slightest. Have you seen Sammy's hair? Man's a heel. <laughs> Have you seen his face? Mm -hmm. Man's a heel. And it's, I, I, I felt bad a little bit for Darby in this. But what I also was thinking as it was going on was like, in the lead up to Double or Nothing, I had my big predictions like, pretty feels like we're going to be doing MJF and Jungle Boy after this. And that might be like the all out thing. Never did I think, oh no, Sam is going to come out this as a baby face. I'm going to turn Jungle Boy heel. Yeah. And uh, everyone's pretty much playing seconds to other people's feuds. It's not a good follow up. For my money, for those three guys, I would I would disagree on that one. Mm -hmm. I think Darby Darby I would agree with Jungle Boy going after Sonada. I don't think is a terrible follow up to, and particularly because they are very much turning him heel, mm -hmm. and I think he can then go into a program with Hook to, to elevate Hook at the same time. I don't think that is a, a terrible follow up to that. What about Sammy? Well, he's the Uber babyface now. He's going to be a dad, uh... and and he said in this promo. I'm going after the AEW World Championship because that's going to be one of the next title programs. And Jeff will be cheered massively there. Anyway, uh, Jericho then comes out and says, hey, why didn't you call me for help when you were going for the world title, Sammy Guevara? Uh, I just thought... If, if you did, you'd be champion right now. Yeah. It's just calling attention to some, you know... They, they ignored that... AEW ignored that logic yeah. intentionally because they wanted to split them off but it, it does it makes no sense they're trying to make it make sense now and they want to do a sex gods reunion tag team match next week but against who luke well yeah darby steps up and he mm -hmm. says you call yourself a wizard but every time you step into the ring recently it feels like the magic's gone so that was a really good line actually and then jericho looks at him and is like it's two on one you're on your own like, who said i'm on my own out comes sting <laughs> It's Sting! Out comes Sting. And he's got a baseball bat as well. And they do some baseball bat shenanigans, Sting and Jericho do. And they are putting over hard on commentary. This is the first time Jericho and Sting have actually shared a ring like this. Amazing. Which makes sense, really, because mm. Jericho was in the cruiserweight division when they were mm. in WCW together. And then Jericho goes off to WWE, or WWF at the time. And he's there for 20-odd years. And where was Sting? And Sting was doing TNA. Oh, yeah. And it's only now that like they're both in the same company. And it's, yeah, it shows the amazing lack of like restraint. Because I even mentioned this when like me and Tempest were talking earlier about like who does who takes the title of MJF. And I said, I could see it being Kenny. Mm. And Tempest were like, they haven't done MJF Kenny. Mm. This company's nearly five years old. And they have not done MJF Kenny as a big program. And it's, yeah, it's remarkable. Uh, they, they've done very well there. Uh, and look forward to that tag match next week. 
It is next week, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they, yeah, they said they didn't announce it as one of the next week's matches, though. But maybe that'll be announced on Collision. Uh, Sonada then issued an open challenge for the IWGP title. I forgot Sonada had shaved his beard again. <laughs> so who's this guy? Why has he got the belt? Oh, yeah, it's Sonada. Uh, and yeah, later on, we might as well do it now. Jungle Boy accepted. Yes, he did. Yeah. And 100% did a promo here. was like, I'm turning heel, just so you know, because it's him and Hook. And he's like, this is going to be uh, the summer of Jungle Hook. I can feel it. And you know what? I said at the start of this year, I wanted to win gold and have it around my waist. And that's what I'm going to do now because I'm going to accept the open challenge. It seemed they set up for a tag team mm -hmm. thing. Every time Hook went to speak, Jungle Boy spoke for him. And he wants Hook in his corner uh, for the match against Sonata because he is turning heel. And he also said, because you're my best friend, I want you in my corner. He's learning things from Christian. Yes. It turns out Christian mm. did teach him things all along. Eventually. <laughs> uh, then we got Sting D Sting and Darby stayed in the ring and Orange Cassidy and Keith Lee came out because they were going to have an eight-man tag against Mogul Affiliates. It was amazing. Crazy good fun, this. Yeah. I mean, of course, it's like I trios matches, you're always guaranteed to almost have crazy good fun. Add two more extra mm. people in there. It's just extra people to have fun with. Particularly when it's Darby, Sting, Orange Cassidy, Keith Lee, Swerve Strickland, Brian Cage. Like, it's, it's bound to be a fun match. And this was just all action all the time. And I had a blast. Yeah, the, the main, the, it was one of those things where I didn't really write down notes because it was just so many spots. Uh, but Keith Lee tags in at one point and he's beating some people up. Swerve does his sort of forward roll, jump up for the what move, you know, mm -hmm. whatever that is. And Keith Lee just caught him and <laughs> looked at him like, uh uh. Nope. I was like, it's happening, it's happening. But then uh, they all got him, all Mogul affiliates, like sort of picked up Keith Lee like he was a hammock <laughs> and then Swerve did the stomp off yeah. the top rope. That was good. And then the finish was. It's Brian Cage versus Sting, and Brian Cage has surfer Sting face paint on, and Cage hoists up Sting, orange punch, back into the Scorpion Death Drop, yep. hits that for the win. Really great. It went smoother than when he tried it against Matt Morgan at Slammiversary 09. Yes, which we both watch now. <laughs> uh, Renee Young is, is backstage with the guns. She asked them about joining Bullet Club Gold, and they're like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. We're here to talk about our match against the Hardy Boys next week to prove who the best brothers in wrestling are. Yeah, well, they, they use the segment to challenge the Hardy mm. Boys to find out who the, the best brothers are. But yeah, like they are not officially part of Bullet Club Gold, which I think is a good choice. See, I don't. I um, After the angle last week, I was like, well, that's a bit of a lame finish. But then I really thought about it and I thought, huh, Austin and Colton with Jay and Juice is sort of their other high school lackeys their, comp their characters suit each other they're like the high school jocks guns <laughs> I was like actually those could be some really fun promo segments <laughs> this is wrestling fan 101 right here <laughs> they did an angle you're like I don't like this angle so the following week they're like we're not doing that angle I was like well you probably should have done the angle but, uh, what, what I said <laughs> well, that's, that is what you just said I said this last week I was like look I didn't love this bit but I think there's real good potential in these guys being an act together. Let's see where it goes next week. And where it went next week was... Nah, I, I don't think we're doing that tuning anymore. the week after. Or they're just stringing out for ages. It could be just stringing out. I think it's probably more they're stringing out for ages. Yeah. Um, Wardlow then took on Jake Hager. Uh, I kind of forgot they'd had this epic rivalry. A couple of matches. Yeah, yeah. That's what they've had. In the octagon. 
remember that? In lockdown? Oh, that's right. They did do that match. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that match. We all got into some weird hobbies <laughs> in lockdown. So, just uh, tried things. Otis was money in the bank. Yeah. You've got to try these things. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wardlow beat Jake Hager. A couple of power bombs. 2.0 came out. So, Brock and Arn Anderson fought them off. The major bit was the uh, the post-match. Christian appeared on the screen. There were audio issues. No one could hear him. In AEW? It happens. Look, I know weird. You know, I'm not, no, not going to throw stones in this glass house, but uh, yeah. <laughs> you won't be able to hear them. <laughs> not mic'd properly in the glass house. But the Christian said, well, Luchasaurus is going to challenge Wardlow on collision and you won't have your new daddy to protect you because here he is all blooded on the floor and Arn Anderson was beaten up. Do you think we get a title change? No. I, th- I think I, Wardlow up those uh, reins for Charlotte Flair or I don't think so, no. I, I think that Wardlow retains here. I do feel like we're going to do another Christian-Wardlow match. Yeah. Maybe that's where you do the title change or maybe just Wardlow retains there as well. You work backwards from the ladder step. Well, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You use the ladder step to set up uh, to other matches. <laughs> uh, the other thing to mention from that eight-man tag as well, just oh, was yeah. highlighted in the, uh, the comments there, the no flashed up on screen again like it had done a few weeks back so that was is that meant to be a thing or it, well it, that's it has to be it's like it's a new character or it's a new angle that they're going to be doing mm. or a new group perhaps but it happened like a few weeks ago and but we thought it was just a fight we thought TV it was a fight thing, thing but sean ross Apple said like no it was across every broadcast so it is it is an on purpose thing do you not think it was just someone going will there be any audio issues next <laughs> chat gpt who's <laughs> directing the show no everything's fine just on the discord chat yeah. <laughs> you got the sound sorted out for you no <laughs> oh no you oh, sent no. the letters to the broadcast <laughs> uh horseshoe tanahashi is is uh in a little vignette next with beautiful hair and he challenges mjf exciting yeah because he nearly won the title last year and he he didn't he didn't didn't beat moxley so he's now going to challenge mjf instead for the AEW world Mm. championship and later in the show (laughs) renee paquette interviewed and asked mjf about it he said no (laughs) i mean tony khan could try and book me if he wants (laughs) but i don't wrestle indie promotions i'm not wrestling these little indie geeks i'm not going to wrestle some random from a rinky dink promotion (laughs) some (laughs) random is what he said and great stuff from Max. Of course it's going to happen. They announced it later in the show. Yeah, yeah. But I'm now looking forward to Max's promo next week where he's going to be like, this match is not happening. Yeah. And just the match itself where he really underestimates Hiroshi <laughs> Tanahashi. Uh, of course, Tanahashi's going to lose. He loses all the time now. That's his role. Yeah. yeah. Well, me and Tempest were talking about this earlier. Tempest was like, well, that's, you know, that's what Tanahashi is. He is not a New Japan protected guy. Mm. And I said, yeah, it's like Ishii. You send Ishii across to other promotions to lose, to have people beat him. And, yeah. you know, they used to do the same thing with um, Ishii and Suzuki. It's another guy. Yeah. Naito is now mm-hmm. become one of those guys that you can just send over across to other shows and he can just lose and it's fine. But he does, he highlights, like, that's also the problem with joint shows like this when you do title matches is you can't do the big star versus the big star. Yeah. It's what you have to book instead is the big star who's the champion versus a not big star either a legend in tanahashi or an exciting up and coming like jungle boy exactly a uh, bit predictable though you're right the, the the real dream forbidden door matches will be the non-title matches that's exactly it uh 
Then we get the segment of the show. Renee Young, Renee, sorry, Paquette is talking to Orange Cassidy. And she's like, well, you know, Forbidden Door's coming up. Who do you think your challenger's going to be? And Cassidy's like, well, you know how these things are. Someone's going to turn up and then, oh, yep, here we go. <laughs> and in walks Zack Sabre Jr., who calls him. Hello, Orange Bollocks. <laughs> 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 I think the idea of being a double champion beating you with my ROH cha- not my ROH my New Japan pure whatever TV championship, TV championship it is sounds bloody marvellous <laughs> it's like he's in the room with us oh I don't, obviously huge fans of Zach he just gets better every time I remember when he was just like a, a technical wrestling guy think up promos nope. but he's just no one wrestles like Zack Sabre Jr. And no one now talks in promos like Zack Sabre Jr. Because he doesn't sound like Will Ospreay does when he does his promo. Because he's got, you know, the whole, like, bruv and All stuff. All right, like, you C-word. Yeah. <laughs> Listen up, you C-word. <laughs> he's like, all right, darling. Yeah. We're not having a match, are we? Zack Sabre Jr. is a Guy Ritchie character, <laughs> currently. In the way he, he does his promos. Yeah. He's from Kent, isn't he, Zack? Or is he from... Uh... Is he from the southeast? Or am I thinking of... Because I found out that um, uh, McGuinness is from... was actually from where I live. Oh, from Reading? No, from where I live now. Oh. Um, where... I... Oh, I can't remember Zach where Zach's Junior. from. Essex. Okay, I, I was Will, trying to think if he was... Will's from Essex. Yeah. Oh, the Isle of Sheppey. Yeah, it's off the northern coast of Kent. I was right. It is there from Kent. Go. There you go. Oh, he's... He's my county uh, brother. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people talk like him from where yeah. I grew up. Also, I feel like if, you, if you're from Kent, that's just sort of statistically likely as well. If you're from, because that's just all of the southwest of, yeah. of England. It's like the southeast. You know, you've got like, there's Berkshire and there's also Surrey and things like that. Kent is massive. Oh, yeah. If, the Garden if, of England. If someone says, I'm from Kent, I'm like, you need to be more specific. <laughs> you might as well say you're from England. I'm from Swanley. That, that's exactly what I'm after. I'm from Maidstone. I'm from Rochester. Those, those are actual answers. Mm. So Zach uh, is, is saying this. And then Daniel Garcia walks in and says, actually, I was the closest anyone's come to beating you for that international championship. Uh, also, where's Shabada? I want to face him for my ROH Pure title too. And Cassidy just goes, oh yeah, Shibata's going to be here next week. Um, we'll have a tag match. <laughs> so next week it's Cassidy what? and Shibata versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Daniel Garcia. And then Garcia turns to Zack, like maybe like let's, let's work together. And Sabre Jr. just goes, pack it in, Daniel. <laughs> Oh, he's great. He's so good. And Zack Sabre Jr. versus Orange Cassidy. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. Like, that's, that sounds real fun. Like, when they did Cassidy and or- or- and Will Ospreay last year, I was like, that sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yeah. And it was the match of the night. Yeah. And But Zack, that's going to be so, so much fun. Like, Ospreay and Omega and Danielson and Okada, they're going to have the best version of those kinds of matches. The thing is... Cassidy and Zack Sabre Jr. are also going to have the best match of the night 
but it's of that different genre. Yeah. Like it, it's just going to be the pinnacle of what those two can do together. I'm so excited. This was actually my favorite segment on the entire show, even though I objectively know everything else was was of a superior quality. The second that Zach just walks into a shot, you're just like, I mean, Zank is a reason I would watch Ring of Honor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We got Sky Blue versus Tony Storm next. I, I thought Sky Blue looked really good in this match, and she has done for about a month now. Uh, so good job, both her and AEW, in sort of booking her presentation. Although her mum did not sell <laughs> the gas canister. She's never broken into this business. No. So Sky Blue's mum is at ringside. Uh, Sky Blue hugged her at the start. Uh, she's not from Washington. No, no she's, she's from, from Seattle, Chicago, which yeah. is... I think she's from Seattle, isn't no, she? she's from Chicago. She's from Chicago. Yeah, and she gets to wrestle at the United Center next week. Great. Because, oh, sorry, the next week, this Saturday. So her mum's there, whatever. And Tony Storm... <laughs> her mum's there, whatever. Tony Storm gets in her face a bit at the start, and then she goes to do the, gr the green spray paint in her mum's face, and her mum just sort of... But she, 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 got, she, she got hit by it. Yeah. Because she went, and she went oh, like that, but then was back up pretty yeah. soon after. Maybe that's on me. Maybe I'm just seeing the sprayers like a mist. <laughs> and the, you would sell the mist like you're blinded. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was just that. And I just thought Sky Blue then didn't, wasn't fiery enough following the, the mum spot. Yeah. That was my only criticism. Oh, well, my criticism of this would be uh, that. Tony Schiavone has said, like, hey, look, the outcasts always come out together. Like, they've always got backup. And then they're like, Sky Blue opting not to have any backup. Like, <laughs> let, let's not highlight the fact that they never come out together. They only come out after the match, <laughs> as Willow Nightingale proved. Uh, Sky Blue almost like, got a really good near fall. Yeah, that code uh, blue was really yeah. good because so Tony Storm and Ruby Soho had some. An interaction backstage. No Soraya on this show. They had a little cardboard cutout mm -hmm. of her instead. And Ruby passes Tony Storm the spray. So Tony Storm goes in there. Ruby's distracting the referee. And she goes to spray it in Sky Blue's face. Sky Blue's got one of her own. She's got blue spray instead. And so Tony sells this big code blue, really, really good yeah. near fall off of that. And well, that's only because she actually got the pin. Mm -hmm. But Ruby distracted the referee again. And Tony Storm then hit Storm Zero. And Sky Blue kicked out of it at two. Yeah. And then she got her into a cloverleaf for the submission win. I thought it was a really, really good finish. And I thought Sky Blue looked dead good in this. I agree. And also, I'm, I'll put over Tony Storm and Ruby Soho as well. Mm -hmm. I think the championship win, Tony get, and Ruby getting to be this more heel persona over this year. <clears throat> I think it lends the outcasts a lot of credibility. I'm, I'm really enjoying Tony's run because Hater didn't really get to do anything because all the focus was on the outcasts beating one person up and then you made a save. Yeah. I'm enjoying this stuff. Uh, then we got Jungle Boy accepting Sonata's challenge. We've already covered Bullet Club Gold and FTR video package. We've already covered. And the announcement that Buddy Matthews will be wrestling Andrade yeah, so on Collision. So they've got the card of Matthews versus Andrade. We've got Miro in action. The tag match of Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale versus the Outcast and that six-man tag. Mm. Yeah, stacked. And, the, and whatever this pipe bomb is. Uh, and then we've got that main event, which was all awesome. And yeah. that uh, the, the finale to it was so, so great. So I gave it a 94%. It's in the top five shows since I've been doing my review system. 
what would you give it? It's a five out of five show. Mm. Like this was, I, I loved every single segment of this. I know you you didn't love the Sammy uh, Guevara segment, and I and I don't think the Sky Blue uh, Tony Storm match was it was it was really good. But because everything else on the show was yeah. so great, it kind of didn't. It sort of felt lesser. But I just I loved this show. I mm. thought this was a tremendous episode of Dynamite. Magnificent. Last call for the Omega Chats, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get those in there. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. And before we do that, let's say a very big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. Murderous, James Mutar. WrestleTalk's personal problem solver, Jamie Donovan. J.S. Wooten. Jeremy Spokin, clear here Smith. John Jenkerson, son of Jenker. Jordan, mother, Effin Hawksworth. The singing luchador, Joseph Santana. The voice of the ring, Josh Roberts. Breaking news, Justin Edelheat. The heir to the throne, Kate Ayers. Up above, and Keith below. And finally, for this Hall of Fame class on the 15th of June, 2023, Stella Keller O'Brien. So thank you to our $25 and above <laughs> Patreon pledge hammers there. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash talk. Yesterday was Wednesday. You know what that means. A brand new episode of the Patreon podcast dropped. It was Rest Talk behind the scenes. Mm. It'll be Rest Talk after dark next week and the week after that. Ollie Davis and I are reviewing TNA Slammiversary 2009. It's going to be the WrestleTalk Extra episode for this month. Brilliant show. Great. I'm at, I, the <laughs> Monsters Ball match. Raven and Daphne versus Abyss and Taylor Wilde. It's nice to do shows in chronological concurrent order as well. Because mm. we did uh, Sacrifice last month, we which was the did. preceding show. So yes, uh, head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk for that. And also, if you are watching us live, vote in the poll. Let us know what you thought of this show. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. Remaining Omega Chats, Akerto says, Holy F and S-word, this dynamite was awesome. Also, Bandido versus Takeshita on Rampage. F yes. Oh, I didn't see that announcement. Jeez. Uh, give it to me now. Also, Phil Sonada versus Jack Perry will surprise many and how really good it will be. Jack will get more desperate the more he loses. FTW win will come. Yeah, I, well, I would agree with that. Uh, also, I think United Empire are wrestling on the show. Oh, so cool. it, uh, Will and Carl Fletcher and Jeff Cobb versus uh, Chaos, the best friends of Rocky Romero. <laughs> and Sue's mum. Tony Shade says, Tony Shade, new subscriber. I was there second row. Whoa. Into every Dynamite in DC. Uh, MD? Don't know what that is. Since the first episode, and this was the most stacked TV wrestling show I've ever been to, WWE included. United Empire is so over. The room was electric, top to bottom. Well, you're an amazing crowd. Mm, you really were. Your local metalhead says, this might have been my favorite Dynamite of the year, maybe of all time. What's your favorite dynamite of all time? Hmm. Don't know. Mine's February 3rd last year, which was Chicago CM Punk Punk versus MJF one. That is up there uh, for me. And Winter is Coming would be second. I also loved the the six man when it was um, FTR and MJF versus Punk Sting and Darby Allen. 
and that was during the Punk MJF feud, and mm. Punk and MJF didn't touch in the entire match, and like Punk's like chasing him through the stands. Yeah. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah! Great, great match. Obviously, there's also the Brody Show, which is just a different tier. Different tier. Um, back to your local metalhead. Every match slapped, and the build to Forbidden Door has been fun, and the effing Gun Club aren't in Bullet Club <laughs> Gold for now. F out of uh, five out of five. Show Jam that Jam. Ben Vlarek, is it wrong to criticise a wrestler's body? It's part of the job, to look the part, isn't it? Cole is a great talker, a great in-ring worker, but so are MJF, Mox, etc. But they don't look as if the wind can blow them over. Am I the a-hole? What's your guys' thoughts? Oh, look, Hulk Hogan watches our show. <laughs> I don't... Oh, it continues. Osprey gained muscle, Pack pre-WWE was skinny, Zack Sabre Jr. put on some weight to look more credible. Not trying to be a bully. I like Cole, but harder to suspend your disbelief, cut most other great small wrestlers make up for with physique Guerrero Benoit well I wouldn't use those two as the benchmark because they abused a lot of steroids and ultimately died because of complications because of those yeah I I don't really get the the body thing I'm not not a body guy because I like so many different wrestlers of so many different body types from very very small stature people to you know very overweight people yeah. i think it, it just depends on how the it's the character that works for me uh, and that's where my problem with adam cole is it's it's just it's not been the same coolness of character as it was in nxt that's where i stand on this as well it's got nothing to do with his physique and it's not even like he's got a bad physique it's, I don't feel like he is the cool adam cole that we had in in nxt or even in ring of honor look at orange cassidy yeah and so like it's but I'm like you. I remember when, when Husky Harris showed up in NXT. Oh, I was so excited. Yeah. I was like, he doesn't look like all the other wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He's got a really unique body yeah. type. And I like that. And I like the fact that he wrestled in trunks as well because it accentuates yeah. the fact that he had a different body type. And then Vince got a look at him. He was like, put a t-shirt on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Hennessy. Love this show. I've been very critical of AEW since last year's Double or Nothing, as it was when I started noticing cracks with feuds dragging ROH, taking up too much TV time, brawl out and lack of stories. Glad to see them back on track. A great show. Five out of five. It's exactly the same point I started to feel mm. cracks as well. Aiton. Sonata screwed up. He should have challenged Jeff Jarrett directly. Where was Jeff Jarrett? Well, I mean, you're right. Former Bullet Club member. I know. Jeff Jarrett. This is why, really, it can't be a five out of five <coughs> show. There was a lack of Team TNA on this show. William Rosmer. Three days before a CM Punk return and Dynamite is back in top format? Coincidence? I think not. So hyped to be at Collision, Dynamite, and Rampage next week. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, big, it's a big week in Canada. Mm-hmm. I, I, I talked about this on, on yesterday's news episode. You know, people are like, why are ticket sales bad for these shows? And it's probably because... They've run. So, they're running so many shows mm. in there. People are just sort of like focused in on Collision. It's like, yeah, but they're also running Dynamite, Rampage, Forbidden Door, and another Dynamite. Like in that yeah. area, so it's kind of people don't have unlimited resources of cash to be able to buy tickets for every wrestling show and time. Yeah, and you know, so other people have made the argument that like there's no TV deal for Collision in Canada mm-hmm. yet, and there's no like you know Rampage doesn't sell as well because Rampage doesn't get shown in in Canada. Yeah. But I think I'd probably look more towards running too many shows in the same area in a short amount of time. Kill the territory. You can kill an on. area. Graham Shaw says beyond excited to see Forbidden Door in person now that we uh, have some. 
the top of the card. Looks amazing, even if MJF really no-shows. Suggestion to add, Darby and Sting versus Desperado and Suzuki, please. Sorry, Tempest. I know you want Darby versus Hiromo, also good. Well, uh, yeah, Darby and Sting versus... That's, that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sting and Suzuki. I don't think Sting would, would do that. No, I'm actually really surprised they didn't do Cassidy Suzuki. Yeah, that, that, that was sort of one of our dream matches. Because they were going to do it at GCW, weren't mm. they? Was it Bloodsport they were going to do yeah. it at? Before, when, and then the pandemic happened and that match was taken away from us. And I don't think they've done it since. I might, I might have missed that, but I don't think they have. Mr. Higglesby, Memberg for 20 months. Any idea what the no flashing on screen could be? Also, what do you think it will take MJF to face Horseshoe? I think they're just contractually obligated. Yeah. Thing. And as for the no, no idea. Mm. Cried Wolf has been a Memberg for 21 months. Thank you very much. Philip says, hey, gents, Ollie, weird observation, but Orange works for you. <laughs> Thank you. As for the show, AEW has really opened my eyes to how useful time limit draws can be for future match hype. Hashtag Jeff that Jarrett. P.S. Luke, more cutscene, please. I'll see. I'd like that too. Um... We don't have this username, so sorry. Please let the moderators know and we'll try and shout you out. When they played the Sonata Open Challenge video, I was so hyped about who it could be. Miro, Paige, Malachi, Claudio, Moxley, Samoa Joe. But nope, we get Jack Jack Boy Jungle Perry or whatever his name is now. I think that's also part of it. Because it's, it's leading to his heel turn. Mm. I think you being disappointed in this is part of the, the heel turn yeah as a, as a reach but also yeah. it, it goes back to you have to have a star you you need to have someone you can beat you can't put a top guy in it hot tag uh 35 antonio says i don't know if this is a stretch on my part but aew's booking of sammy is reaching no no he's actually a good guy wwe levels of absurdity their desperation is getting ridiculous and i wonder how many more failed attempts it will take for tk to realize he's better as a heel antonio I don't think he'll ever hmm. uh, reach that. I think in Tony's mind, he will be a top baby. I think that's, you know, that feels like that's been the plan since day one is that he's with Jericho and then we'll make him a top baby face off the back of that. Yeah. And it will take a long time. Wow. Maybe the pregnancy will, maybe the pregnancy this time, maybe this will be the one that sticks. Well, it was working. They did break him away from the JS. They did that whole thing. He proposed to his girlfriend in the ring. Yeah. And then something went off course. <laughs> uh, unknown username, please do let our moderators know, says Luke, Ollie, five out of five dynamite for me. Loved those final moments. And the MJF stuff is always incredible. Mm. With his return, who do you think Eddie's first feud for will be? Dream matches for Collision. Also, RIP John Squawski, the bird that couldn't be killed. <laughs> John Squawksley. Is John Squawksley the name of the bird that, the bird that attacked? Well, yeah, it came into my, my living room this yeah. morning. Um, but I, I, Eddie's it's Blackpool Combat Club by the looks of things or at least you know Claudio and Danielson Audio, yeah uh, Blakey says I think they're trying to make Sammy a babyface because they don't want people to boo a new dad because it feels weird and people don't want to boo him when he talks about his daughter and Sammy wants to talk about his daughter well I mean Blakey that's your like, don't have him talk about his kids no one likes people going on and on about their kids and I just had a kid and now it's part of my identity and my nickname and everything people hate that I was going to use myself as the example. If we wanted to turn me heel, I wouldn't talk about my kid because that <laughs> might endear people to me. Uh, yes, it's um, 
that a lot of wrestlers have kids. <laughs> they don't. A lot of, a lot all, of baddies have. Danielson's got kids. <laughs> they don't all make it part of their character as soon as they know. Yeah, Danielson's a heel. Mm. He's got two kids. <clears throat> He's got two daughters, no less. He doesn't. And, and he, but he, it doesn't make him a baby face. Actually, one of his because he was uh, accused of neglecting those children is was part of the MJF yeah. Danielson feud. Also, we've got to stop bringing up birds as well because his kid's called Birdie. <laughs> <sighs> My, my story was way less harrowing as well. Do you not, do you not think it's the pigeons trying to, <laughs> trying to come back? What, what happened with yours? So we've got birds nesting in our um, guttering oh, no. and um, a little fledgling. I clearly tried to fly and was a bit too early. So because mm. I live in a three-story house, it, it fell. Yeah, it, it fell some distance, and so I, I went out of my back gate. Well, it's also because you've got the baseball bat, <laughs> and you're As it comes out, <laughs> it. batter, batter, oh, batter. That one <laughs> <laughs> it went far uh no and I, I i went to go put something in the garage went out my back gate. i was like oh, oh that's sad yeah uh, so I, I put it in the compost but apparently that's not the right thing to do so maybe i've got to go and rescue that and just yeah. put it in the bin uh fred worst says i was at the show last night and i still have no voice not sure if it was from booing don during rampage <laughs> or when eddie returned it was eddie it is always eddie please push eddie yes yeah i mean we could spend all of this time and effort trying to make sammy guevara a baby face just put eddie kingston in that position please uh don't mind me i'm at work says correct me if i'm wrong didn't eddie kingston beat switchblade to cast him out of new japan uh-huh. they should have a program as soon as possible just from the promos i kicked you out of one promotion partner i ain't letting you in this one could do wonders for both of them oh, i love that love feed. that it's a great show charles berg says a very fun show with lots to enjoy good stuff a uh, good stuff word for sure i was thinking about what ollie is looking for a i was thinking about how ollie is looking for a three-letter thing for WrestleTalk. i think i have one Wrestle talk, celebrating, celebrating cunderated matches. CCM, what's yeah. that? Uh, I can't see any reason this would be an issue. I see. Is, is it a- oh no, I think he's done a typo, so it should say underrated. Oh, I at see. which point it will be C U M. Yeah. And sorry about that stuff. Uh, Danny G says, "Afternoon, lads. Hope all is well. Absolutely adored this show. Um, we'll be. Uh, we're looking." Will looking great at the end, and Adam Cole finally getting some of his fire back. But Zack Sabre Jr. steals the show for me. I've got childhood flashbacks mm-hmm. when he said, pack it in, Daniel. Pack it in, Daniel. Um, Dekovenko <laughs> says the cat didn't finish the story. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Needed adversity. Nick Smith said, CBW mm. season three, Golden Joe gets a cat and cuts promos about it's unequivocally better than a human child. Well, that would be good on, on especially Silver Bro. It's like, I don't, I don't, anyone who has a kid. I don't know if you've noticed, but I've got a cat now. I've got a cat now, everybody. Uh, and- Golden Joe's complete. Golden Joe doesn't need to get a kid to fill any holes that Golden Joe has. Uh, uh, and a last note from our editors that MD is for Maryland. Yes. And also, let's uh, find out on this final poll where we're at. Yep. You do the little plugs and I'll do this. Well, we uh, pushed Patreon earlier and it's not just all that exclusive 
podcast weekly content we have up there, not just exclusive early access to things like No Holds Board, our new board game wrestling series over on Parts of Unknown. We also have tomorrow, because we reached a certain goal in our PFK World Cup tournament, Adam Blompier and Sullivan Beau Brown will be playing through WWE 2K23 My Career Mode. My Rise. My Rise. And they're going to do the first half live streamed on Patreon tomorrow, and then we'll do the second half next month. So yeah, go and become a Patreon right now. I think it's $5 and above backers. You all get to see it. Yeah, be a good time. Have a fun time uh, hanging out with those guys as they fumble their way through playing uh, the mm-hmm. game. Although Adam's pretty good at it. I mean, Adam won... Spoilers, Adam won the World Cup, so he's got some pedigree behind him. Yeah. We'll see how they get on in a story-driven uh, game. We just had one last chat. William Rosmer, in my last chat I was talking about the Chicago shows before Forbidden Door, not the Canada shows, guys. If you want to talk about killing the market, I've been to every AEW show in Chicago since Revolution 2020. Lots of good shows, but maybe too much here. Well, they, mm. Meltzer has been talking <clears throat> about this, about them running Chicago too often. Yeah. does happen. Well, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us here today. To uh, the results of the poll, thoughts on Dynamite. 1% thumbs down, 4% mid, 95% thumbs up. That's close. It's close to me. There it is. I said 94. Uh, Well, yeah, thank you very much for joining us here today. Please go over to Patreon right now and sign up there so you can get all the exclusive content along with Adam and Sully's WWE 2K23 live playthrough tomorrow. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luke Guy and DAD. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.